welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So, how good has church been um, already? Uh, Chris, your worship on your own was just beautiful. And then um, Katie and Jim hosting. Uh, what a blessing uh, that was. And um, hopefully you've uh, received from that. And um, Hope Day uh, was such a fun day. And we've got more testimonies. We've got not, you saw the prep half, but we've got testimonies and, and uh, you know, feedback from that. And that was just a full-on um, blessing for our community and all have opened as a result and um, you know the the coming weeks we're going to hear more of the story unfold with Hope Day and it's so exciting that we echo church that we're getting into the community that we are helping lives and we're seeing um, you know people transformed and just the favor of God and the blessing and you know someone even you know we we dropped off a hamper to their house and um, as a you know random act of kindness they didn't ask for it but we kind of shared with, you know, did some drop-offs and, uh, you know, they then took time out to um, actually find us as a church online and uh, send us a message thanking us for it and, and what a blessing that was. Did you have that clip on there, Mitch, or not? Yeah, yeah, what a blessing that was. So just real um, great stories coming out of that. And um, as a result, I've got a couple of people coming into Echo Community tomorrow that need further assistance from um, from Dingley. And uh, just uh, then Tuesday, we've got all of our regular City of Kingston clients coming as well. So God's just uh, moving in, in incredible ways through our church, uh, which just is so exciting. So last week, we spoke about part one um, of uh, in individual um, of God making us and um, Justin was going to share today but um, I've had uh, 20 hours to um, prepare and um, I just feel like this word is not going to be the most polished. Um, I'm sorry I have a, a extreme lack of scripture and theology um, attached to this message um, but uh, this is me. So um, this is my notes which if you know me this is very standard of Lee's notes when I preach. I'm the complete opposite of Justin which we spoke about last week. Justin will have a notebook with typed up notes, 13 pages long. That's his sermon. This is Lee's method and um, it works for me. So um, we're just going to believe that God's just going to speak and land a message in our hearts. Incredible. So Jesus, I thank you for what you're going to release right now through this word. And I just, uh, yeah, pray for awakening to happen in our lives of who you made us to be in Jesus name. So last week I briefly spoke about that God made us as individuals and Justin and I were sharing on that together. And uh, this morning as I was praying and and just preparing and and thinking about that, I, I, I used the scripture in Genesis of God made us in his image. So you are made in God's image. You are made in God's image. I am made in God's image, which is um, a concept we need to understand. We need to to, uh, love because I'm made in his image. So when um, I go, I wish I had, you know, I wish I could sing like Chris or I wish I could encourage like Jim or I wish I had these gifts. We're not valuing the the, um, the attributes that God has placed in us and we are made in his image. And uh, then I was thinking about, you know, me being made in, in God's image and, and same as you and all of us and going, well, if all of us are made in God's image, wow, 
how like it just brought a new revelation of how big God is, how diverse God is, how incredible God is. Because if you think about your family, your friends and how different and diverse all of you are, God doesn't say he made Christians in his image. He made man in his image. So everyone past, present and future in humanity have been made in God's image. So everything like all of us combined, think about that magnitude for a second and how big that is and that we are made in his image. That is a phenomenal concept of how big God is. Not only can we look at it from a, a place of valuing each other, but also look at it collectively of God is incredible and he's intricate and there is so much to him. There is so much detail to God. There is so much diversity in God. There's so much incredible uh, differences in God, but yet he is perfect and he is one and he's um, all encompassing of all of us in our diversity and then I was thinking about this this morning so not only are we made in God's image not only is God incredibly big when you think about it in terms of all of us but God's not in conflict with himself God's not within himself saying I wish um, I wish I had more administration administrative skills or I wish I had more um, sporting ability or I wish I had more peace or I wish I don't you know he's not in conflict with himself I don't know if I'm getting this picture uh, in my head I don't know if I'm communicating it to its fullest what I want to release is with us is we're all made in God's image if God's not in conflict with himself we shouldn't be in conflict with each other we shouldn't devalue each other. God's not in heaven devaluing aspects of himself. He's not in heaven saying, I wish this, I didn't have this about me or I want more of this. He's not in heaven in conflict within himself. And with us on earth made in his image, we shouldn't be in conflict with ourselves or with each other because all of us are made in his image. Do we express maybe negative aspects of our personality? Absolutely. Does God? No. Um, but we work on it. So I could easily say, and Justin and I, you know, we joked around last week about our differences and how incredibly different and opposite we are. Um, but I could easily say, I wish Justin was like that. And look, to be honest, I have thought that and I have kind of gone, and I've probably even said it, not probably, I definitely would have said it. I wish you were like this, or why can't you behave like this? Or why can't you be more like me? And I'm, Hopefully not the only one guilty of, of going down that thought pattern. But the reality is, is God's not in heaven in his diversity saying those things. And we're made in his image. So I have no right to question how God made Justin or to question how God made you or anyone on this earth because we're all made in his image. And I really want to stress that just now. I'm going to recap a little bit and, and, and build. But I really want to uh, stress that you are made in God's image and that we're all made in God's image, that God is massive and has it all and values it all because it's all in him and he's not fighting any aspect of himself. He's not wishing anything more or less. He's perfect and that's how he sees all of us operating, that we are all in unity, we're all working together, we are um, reflecting him in all of us. So um, I just want to start with that encouragement. Then last week... Uh, 
We spoke about love languages, we spoke about our fivefold bent, which way we're kind of wired and, uh, and you know, which way we kind of lean to. Some of you in here will lean to the evangelist, some of you will lean to the prophetic, some of you will lean to the apostle, the teacher. For those people today, I'm sorry, this is probably not the message uh, for you right now. Um, and some will lean towards, I forgot one, apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and what's the fifth, Mitch? I said apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and pastor. And some of you have that bent of pastoring. And, uh, you know, we're not all um, got all of it. We all function differently and it's powerful. And then we briefly at the end spoke about our temperament and me being choleric and Justin being sanguine. And, and this week in our church email, which I want to say if you are not, um, if you didn't get our last week's email with information with the links um, for the tests, email Mitch at info at echochurch.org.au so he can add you onto our church email um, list so you get this week. So we're going to be focusing on temperament in our emails this week. Um, but, uh, you know, we are all so different in our temperaments. And in your temperament, Justin shared about me being a choleric. There are strengths and there are weaknesses. We all have them. So um, don't kind of think, woe is me or woohoo, I'm perfect. The answer is neither. We all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And the, the idea of finding out who we are and our individual makeup is so we know what to work on what strengths we get to celebrate and we get to thrive on and we get to implement and we get to build on and what weaknesses in there that we need to be aware of that we need to be purposefully um, pursuing uh, to um, improve on uh, because God has the strengths and not the weaknesses and that's what we're going after is that my my personality I love leading I love organizing I love taking the lead I love building teams I love all that but consequently I can be bossy I can um you know step over people's feelings and emotions and I can kind of bull you know just plow on ahead um, and I need to work on that. So being aware of who God made us means that we can be aware of how I need to um, work on myself, but we can also identify in other people. Oh, God made them that way. So on a Sunday morning, I'm having to, with church, think I've asked Justin to do this task. Was that fair or not? Because I know who God made him to be. So was that task fair on him? Is that um, a skill set that he operates in or if I put him in a really hard position set him almost up to fail and uh, not that that is ever my heart but now that I I know who he is I need to um, acknowledge and be fair on him does that mean that he doesn't do anything that he's not good at no because we need to work at things but it means it comes with love and compassion and support throughout it so we spoke about that last week, which was super important um, for us to acknowledge and to recognize who God made us to be. And uh, this week, uh, let me just look at my notes here. Um, yeah, I'm going to move on. This week, um, I spoke with Kylie and uh, Kylie Dwyer, one of our small group leaders, and uh, she was sharing about her and Ross's journey um, on the love languages. And I just asked if they would be willing to share with us, be a bit vulnerable uh, with us and share with us um, 
you know, about that journey as a church because it's so important that we know we're on a journey, that we're not all perfect, we're not all kicking goals. You know, we do make mistakes and we work on it and we apologize. And um, Kylie and Ross are just going to share a bit of their journey and I'm going to ask them some questions at the end about their love language and how they um, are discovering and working together. So thanks, Kylie and Ross. Hey, church. Um, so we... Um, had a chat, well, I had a chat this week with Lee uh, just around um, the love languages and how that works for Ross and I. So um, we've been married almost 12 years and I think very early on in one of our um, marriage counselling sessions it was um, encouraged to, for us to go and have a look into the love languages. So um, we went away and we did that and that was really enlightening and empowering for us individually to know what makes us tick, um, but also to know what each other um, tick along with. So um, obviously Ross and I are complete opposites. <clears throat> we like to describe ourselves as the cuddly care bear and he likes to think that I am God, the small God of thunder and lightning because he likes things fluffy and propped up and I just like to deliver the punch and get on with it. And so um, what we found recently, though, is that um, there was a serious disconnect in our relationship where um, the way that I handled things did not give Ross confidence to communicate with me and share his heart and his feelings. So um, after a series of, yeah, we're not actually having any conversations that are really of any benefit here. And if we do, it's just like a war zone. Um, we might need to have a conversation about what's going on. So um, we sat down and I sort of said to Ross, well, why don't you ever tell me anything? And he very politely responded with, well, I can't do anything right. What's the point in telling you? And I'll be honest, that was very hard to swallow and probably harder to admit on church. But the reality is um, I would hear Ross say something and just believe, well, couldn't you see that that was going to happen by doing that? But he doesn't think like I think. I'm thinking two steps ahead. He's living in the moment and he's not really thinking about that. And what he needed from me was for me to encourage him and say that he's doing a great job and, you know, maybe we should pray about this, what's the Lord saying about this, or just maybe we could try this and see if that works better. And so we have been on a journey and we're not by any stretch of the imagination at the finish line, but we are definitely working more on me not being very quick to jump in and say, well, why didn't you do A, B, C and D? And him to really be open would you agree with that, babe? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, being able to share my heart is something we've had to work on um, and being able to communicate and whatnot. Um, but, you know, we've both had to work on making it a safe environment for both of us to be able to communicate and to express our love languages, but also to then um, be like for us to show that love language to the other person. Um, I think initially when we first started off, it was it was difficult, difficult because you've got one person who's grown up in a family environment of one particular type and then you've got the same thing for the other person and then you've got these two people coming together for the first time in marriage and they're trying to work out their own 
um, way that they're going to, uh, you know, communicate and have a family of their own. Um, so you're having to learn those different love languages and there's a lot of learning and, you know, trial and error and stuff like that. And, and we um, haven't got it perfect all the time. It's taken us a long time to really work on this. Um, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a month. You know, it, it takes a long time. Yeah. And, you know, people change as time goes on as well. And then you have to adapt with those things as well. Um, you know, likes and dislikes and stuff like that. Yeah. But as long as you just keep on trying to come back to one another and you try to communicate and um, put your marriage first before anything else, um, you know, that, that that's something that will be the key to succeeding is just yeah. keep you just keep on going you just keep yeah. on trying yeah and i think we would just want to encourage the church it's incredibly important for yourself to know what makes you tick it's incredibly important also to know what makes other people tick whether that's your husband your wife your children your boyfriends girlfriends your future partners your your friends whatever it's important to know how they receive and express love and how you receive and express love so that um, you can operate and feel comfortable. So, um, yeah, we just wanted to be super vulnerable and share that we're on a journey. It's a beautiful journey. Uh, we don't always get it right, but we're enjoying growing together. We know that in 60 years' time, we'll still be growing. So, yeah, it's good. So good. Thanks so much for sharing. I love the fact that you said you guys are complete opposites, like complete opposites. I'd wonder how many church, Justin and I are complete opposites. I wonder how many in church are opposites. Maybe put it in the comment if you've discovered or you've um, you know, known or whatnot that you've married someone that's love language and temperament and personality is just opposite to you. But we'll just focus on the love language right now is, is you've got one extreme and the other. And it's not just about recognizing who I am, like my love language is acts of service, but it's actually recognizing who the people around me love language are because there's no point me saying, well, I'm acts of service, so that's all I do so everyone can just receive my acts of service. Yep. But being intentional. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that like you guys going on a journey of intentionality, is it easy or hard? Um, it's difficult. I'm not going to pretend that sometimes I felt like I'm going to bite my tongue off trying to hold in what I had to say. But it is getting easier, no doubt about it. But my investment is in Ross. I want him to feel comfortable in our marriage and in his own, in, within himself to be able to express himself and it be a safe environment for him to do that. And so it's uncomfortable for me, but it was obviously incredibly uncomfortable for him in the beginning. So um, it's just about being, where, where's your investment? Where's your intentionality? And then saying, yeah, I'm prepared to get uncomfortable for the sake of the greater good. That's so good. And I think that's it's an investment, isn't it? And what becomes uncomfortable in the beginning and unnatural in the beginning, it's like that when you repetitively do something, it then becomes uh, normal behaviour because uh, you've continually chosen 
this is how Ross is, this is how Kylie is. I'm gonna continue trying, putting her first, her needs, his needs, and uh, sewing in because what Ross said, because my marriage means something. And I'd hope that, you know, everyone at home is sitting there going, my family, my friends, these relationships are important to me. So I'm gonna go out of my way to ask, what's your love language? How do you receive love? How, you know, so we can be intentional about delivering that to each other, be intentional about showing that love and that kindness to people around us. It's so important. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, which is great. Hey, guys, can you just um, pray for all of us? Because I know we're all on a journey and I'm not, you know, saying because you're perfect because, you know, we're not perfect. But, you know, you've got a grace on this because you are being intentional. You are living it and you are on that journey and you are working towards that. So can you just pray for us as a church this morning? Yeah, sure. Lord, we just thank you for all the families. Yeah. God, we just thank you that uh, that you're always with us and that you express love in multiple ways. Yeah. I just declare right now for families who are struggling right now with this, that God, you give them the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to work on their marriage. Yeah. Um, give them the keys to be able to work on it. Um, and God, I just pray that people will just start to see breakthrough in mm -hmm. their marriages um, and that it, they just continue to work on them. Um, and Lord, you give them the strength to be able to keep on going. Mm -hmm. And for those who are doing really well, God, that you just continue to uh, help them throughout every single day and just give them the perseverance just to keep on going. Mm -hmm. So Lord, we just thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us and that you're always here with us. And we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate your time and, and tuning in with me today. I'm just going to put these down here. So it's important that we go on a journey of knowing who we are and the people around us, who they are. Uh, for those of you who know my family, you know we are so different. I'm not just talking about now Justin and the kids. I'm talking about my family with my parents and my three siblings and myself. We are so different. For those of you that know my family, you're probably sitting at home going, uh-huh. You look at my two parents who are incredible and they are complete opposites in so many ways. And then you look at me with my brothers, even just Mitch who's here. Uh, me and Mitch are, are chalk and sheets different ends of the spectrum um, and yet we still love and value and we have unity as a family and as I was thinking about us as a family and I was thinking about you know each of our strengths and each of our temperaments and each of our love languages over the last 24 hours as I was just pondering us as a family like um there, there's some keys that I want to share with you guys before then I go into the 12 disciples if that's okay so Lauren, my sister Lauren. Um, so if you know me, fifth, like affection is not part of anywhere of my brain function. When I see you, my first thought is never let's give them a hug. That's not even a thought I conceive. It's not even something I fathom in my head. I never think it. So when I see my sister Lauren, whose number one thought is run over and give Lee a hug, I've had to learn that that is her love language, that that is how I meet her needs. That is how I show her I love her and I value her. So when she runs over to me, out of choosing to love her, out of choosing that this is who God made her, she's in the image of God, God made her, I give her a hug. So my first thought when I see Lauren is actually give Lauren a hug. It's not my natural thought. We're talking about being intentional, what Kylie and Ross was talking about 
being intentional with Lauren is thinking this is what she needs, this is who she is and my first first thought now is I'm giving her a hug and I love that in a family of diversity we still acknowledge it. If I was to say to mum, hey mum can you help me paint my house or hey mum can you um, look after my children for me, my mum is acts of service and uh, so if I ask mum to do that, for me unless there's something going on in my mum's life where she literally can't, the answer is going to be yes. Because not only does she love me because I'm her daughter, she shows me her love by helping me. And that's not a sacrifice. It's not an intentionality. That's natural for my mum to do. It just is an overflow of her expression of love towards me. If I say to my dad, dad, um, can you look after my children for me? Or dad, can you paint my house for me? My dad will think about it. My dad loves my children and he loves me, but his natural expression of love isn't that's help out. So he will think about it and I know when he says yes, which is most of the time, but I know his yes is a sacrificial yes. Yes, he loves me. Yes, he loves my children, but his natural go-to is not to acts of service, his love towards me. That is an intentional decision that he makes that helps me out and shows me he's there and he loves me. If I call my dad up on the phone, who loves my dad loves a good conversation, my dad would speak to me every day of the week, which is so lovely, but some days I'm busy. But my dad loves a conversation. He's quality time and he loves a good conversation. Mind you, dad's a few other things as well, but I'm going to focus on this aspect. Is that if I called my dad up, that is an intentionality of me choosing to give time to my father because I know he loves it. He loves to talk. He loves to talk to me. So when dad calls me, not always I can answer the phone because it's not a short conversation. Most of the time he loves a long conversation and sometimes with the kids, I can't do it but I try my best to honor and fill dad's need with his love language because I love him and it's intentional for him so as a family though we're all made in God's image we're all different we're all diverse but we're not in conflict we're in love and unity together being intentional with each other and I want to bring that back to what I said at the beginning with father God God is not in conflict with himself he has all of this and he loves it all and he's in unity with himself unity with all of who he is that he places in each of us last week can I just say before I move on can I just say this is you may be thinking because uh, we're different um, I'm going to finish up in about five minutes but you may be thinking um, painting a house how could someone possibly think that that's showing love painting a house or how could someone be intentional with love to paint a house like if I was to say to you, I'm painting my house in a couple of weeks and it's a mammoth job, Kylie's already volunteered to help me. But if I was to say that to you, most of you would think that is probably the worst idea. Now, I'm not fishing for help, please. I'm not fishing at all. Um, please don't message me to help. Um, but most of you, how, how can that show you love? For me in my head, how can it not? I am acts of service. In my head, if someone needs help, how can I not go and help them? That's how I show my love. Equally, you may think that's silly, but equally in my head, I can think, how can giving someone a hug be it? It's just a hug. It takes two seconds. What sacrifice is a hug? How can that show you love in a hug? 
And so each of us is so different that you may see some as more taxing or some as more time consuming or some as harder or some as easier. But equally, whatever you are, there's probably someone that can say the same to you. So that's not question or judge or look at different going, oh, I got this one, I got the easy one. No, no, you didn't get the easy one. They're all equally as complex, equally as um, you've got to be intentional with all of them just as equally. You could go, well, a hug takes two seconds, painting a house takes 50 hours. Yeah, yeah, I understand, but equally it's hard for that person to deliver what is not naturally theirs. So I um, just want to say that. Last week I spoke about the 12 disciples and how diverse they are and how different they are. And God made them all different and he brought them all together. And we spoke about, you know, some of the differences in amongst them all and they all had to work together. I want to land today with this, is that in the 12 disciples, you had family members, you had brothers, James and John, Peter and Andrew, you had brothers. And then out of those four, I'm just using those four because they're in there Uh, they were actually friends before Jesus came so not only in the 12 disciples did you have family members but you had friendship groups in our and then you had people that literally Jesus brought together random strangers that Jesus brought together so you had three different categories family friends and strangers it's the same with our church it's the same with Echo Church, well, with every church, but I'm talking to you, Echo Church. It's the same with Echo Church. In our church, we have family members. In our church, we have people that were friends before coming to church. And then in our church, we have strangers. And just as Jesus brought them all together and just as Jesus knew their uniqueness, knew their differences, knew their history, made the image of God, brought them all together, so he did to Echo Church. And I want to close with this encouragement is God made you, He brought you in. He brought us all together. And in that togetherness, he sees us in unity with love. Because God loved you and God made you unique and God made you individual, on purpose, intentional, out of his image, he made you. So he did the person next to you that you sit in at church week by week or or the person you're seeing comment or whoever, you know, he made all of us in that. And because he made all of us in his image, we then, and because he loves us, we then can look at each other and show love and kindness and be in unity. Not always in agreement, but we can still show love and unity. Me and Justin aren't always in agreement. Me and the Smith family aren't always in agreement. We have many differences and disagreements as a family, but yet we still come back to we love each other and we're in unity because God made all of us and we are all made in his image. So in the 12 disciples, they had that. Jesus brought them together and you could easily say, well, you know, it's easy for the family members to get along or it's easy for the friends to get along, but I've just met these people and they drive me crazy. And look, maybe the disciples did say that, did think that, did operate in that. But the reality is, is Jesus still brought them together, still treated them as a team, still invested in them as a team, still can um, always brought peace in amongst the team. When there are arguments, Jesus rebuked it and brought unity into the mix. Jesus brought that um, healing into that team. And I want to release that over Echo Church today. It could be easy to go, well, yeah, the Wilson family, of course, they're going to, you know, stick together. And of course, they're going to be amazing. Or the Bridgens family or the Warren family, whatever family you want to look at, you could go, yeah, they're family. Of course, they're always going to love each other. The reality is, is God made us Echo Church family. And we are family. 
So I don't know whether your natural family you've got good history with or not, but think of the 12 disciples. Jesus made those 12 family and he operated in a family function, how God operated it, how God intended it to be. And I want to encourage us as a church to view each other, to love each other, to be in unity with each other because that's how God intended it. Not always in agreement, but in our diversity, in our uniqueness, knowing who I am, what I bring to the table, and now I get to see who everyone else is. Are we going to know 100% of everyone's love languages, temperaments, personality types, fivefold bent? No, but as we get to learn each other and be with each other, uh, we get to learn more about that. Uh, Justin will probably touch on this next week, but um, Peter McHugh, the pastor of Stairway Church, who's spoken at church a couple of times in our school last year, um, he, um, we, Justin and I have regular meetings with him, and he was sharing with us, um, you know, when there's um, disagreement or when, you know, there's, you know, I don't know if conflict's the right word, but when they need to sort through things, you know, whether it's team members or church or whatever, Peter will often stop and go, this is a known and be known conversation. We're not trying to work through a solution. Right now, we're trying to work through a known and be known conversation. So I want to know you and you need to know me because if we know each other, then the solution, whether we are on the same page or not, you know, that's irrelevant. As long as we're in connection, we are knowing each other, we are valuing each other, we are seeing the image of God in each other, we are um, coming from a place of love and unity with ourselves, then we can move on from there. But if we don't have that, then working out solutions, trying to, you know, bypass who we are just to solve things isn't going to work. And I want to release those words of known and be known. As a church, we're not going to know everything about everyone. You know, in your workplaces, you're not going to know everything about everyone. But if you come against something, you know, you know whether there's a disagreement or a difference in personality or a diversity, have a known and be known conversation. This is who I am. How are you? How did God make you? What, what makes your brain tick? What, what bent are you? What um, temperament are you? And as you get to know each other in those moments, then you, the chances of resolving things are going to um, either become insignificant because now you have understanding or you'll be able to work together and go, okay, we're not in agreement, but I value you and your connection and I know why you want to do it that way and I want to support you in that. So um, that's going to be it from me this morning, church. Uh, I'll check my notes. Yeah. So if just look at the disciples. Uh, Jesus did it with them. We can do it. They had it all and we can do it. So I'm going to pray and uh, then we're going to, um, Mitchell put up the Zoom. So Rachel and Russ are hosting the Zoom chat. It goes, you know, they'll be open for about 20 minutes. So I highly recommend um, go get prayer, fellowship, ministry off them after church. And um, I'm just going to pray and uh, Mitchell do that. So Jesus, I thank you so much that you made all of us as individuals in your image. And I thank you so much that you've given us the ability of connection, of unity and a foundation of love. So we just release that over Echo Church this morning in Jesus name. And I just pray God that, uh, yeah, for a greater awareness of who you made us to be over all of our lives and a greater awareness of who you made our friends and our family to be so we can work together, so we can love and be in unity with each other. In Jesus name I pray. Amen.